Welcome back to Primetime KC. It is playoff season. We are finally here, wild card weekend. And the games are not the only wild thing that happened throughout this week. A lot of coaches getting fired and even a big retirement. I think you know where we're going with that. We'll get into all of that, of course, and also the Chiefs' big matchup with Miami to start off. Their hopes of a repeat to run it back and what is going to be a really, really, really cold wild card game. Joined by Josh and John, as always, guys. How are we feeling as we're entering the first round of this postseason? Man, I'm excited. This is a good balanced playoffs, in my opinion. I truly think you can make a case for a lot of these teams to make it to the uh, their respective championship games. And when you get to that, you don't know who it's any given Sunday at that point. So I'm really excited for this playoffs. I agree, man. I think uh, I think it's going to be pretty chaotic, all told. So I'm ready to get going. Alrighty. Now, we will not be doing lock of the weeks or underdog of the weeks anymore, but I still will provide each line as we go through it, just to give some context as to what Vegas feels the games are like. Let's not waste much time. Let's start it off in the Saturday 3.30 slot. And, man, you know things are back to normal when the Texans are playing in the Saturday 3.30 slot on Wild Card Weekend. We got the Browns at the Texans. The Browns are two-point favorites on the road in Houston. This number was as high as two and a half earlier in the week. Um, I really wish, looking at this matchup, this could have been Deshaun Watson against his former team. But I also think the story of Joe Flacco might just might be just as fun. And at least it's not a piece of shit if the Browns win that goes forward. I'm looking forward to this one. What, do you, what are your guys' thoughts on this one early as we're starting to preview this weekend? when you look at it the browns people think this is the browns game to lose that's kind of like the vibe i'm getting and i disagree 1000 percent. i think the browns really haven't played against a lot of good teams recently in my opinion uh and i'm very interested to see how cj stroud comes out and his first playoff game i think it's gonna be a lot closer than what people think i know vegas only has a, a two-point uh game but think about this, if this was in Cleveland, they're saying this is what, eight point, an eight point spread? I don't see that. John? Okay. Um, yeah, I I am interested to see what happens here. I can't really say I'm super high conviction on either of these teams. I've been suspicious of the Browns for reasons Josh listed um, that I just feel they haven't really had a hugely convincing win a win that says that they're like a Super Bowl contender but at the same time lots of four consistent performances in a row um so you definitely have to respect them and their defense can basically win them any given game um but also yeah you have the whole rookie quarterbacks in the playoff thing too you don't see a true rookie all that often so I think there's a lot of uncertainty with what we're going to see from CJ Stroud um but I, I think I think it's gonna be interesting. I think I think we're gonna get a pretty solid performance from Stroud, but I, I see the Browns pulling this game out. I think a little more of an experienced team. Um, and I think they're kind of riding some momentum right now as well. So I like them to take care of business here and maybe a somewhat close game in Houston. I disagree with the notion that they haven't really shown that they can win big games. They did beat Baltimore in Baltimore. And they also beat San True. Francisco. Granted, Trent Williams and Debo were out, but they still did beat San Francisco. So those are two pretty ginormous wins for them. Um, also, I mean, 
we literally I know they I know CJ Stroud wasn't in the game, but we literally saw this game on Christmas Eve and the Browns offense did whatever they wanted against Houston. Now it probably won't be the same story. I'm not anticipating Amari Cooper gets 265 yards again, but I just don't see a scenario where a young Houston team wins this game. Like I just don't think they've got what it takes right now to win a playoff game. It's a huge achievement that they got here. Stroud is not your average rookie quarterback, so I'm not going to put him into the box of like, well, rookie quarterbacks don't win playoff games because this guy is just clearly not your average rookie. He's an outlier. But at the same time, this Cleveland team has shown all year, if they don't beat themselves, they're going to beat you. And with Flacco, they haven't been beating themselves. So I like Cleveland in this spot. Uh, Is that two out of three of us or three out of three of us that are going Cleveland here? The Texans win. I think they get it done. So me and John are going Cleveland? Yep. All right, well, for our bracket, then Cleveland gets to go through. All right, Saturday night, obviously the game we're going to talk about quite a bit. Dolphins at Chiefs. Tyree Kill finally does get to come back to Arrowhead, and this time in playoff fashion. The Chiefs are four-and-a-half-point favorites, as I need to mute my iPhone there. Chiefs are four-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Original line, like very early Sunday, or Sunday night after the Bills won the division was Chiefs minus one and a half. Couldn't understand that for the life of me. But at this point, I'm starting to feel like it's getting a little high. I probably would have put this at Chiefs minus four. I think I tweeted that Sunday night. And now it's starting to get a little high. Obviously, the weather's a huge, huge deal in this game. Uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it, though, because right now I'm feeling like this went from we got disrespected as hell by Vegas on the line to maybe this is getting a little inflated. John, I'll let you start. Yeah. Um, when I, before I saw the line, I, I, my guess was chiefs minus two and a half. Um, so I was pretty surprised when I saw it was minus one and a half and also relatively not shocked when, uh, it moved so much. I think it just kind of difficult, um, with the, the reigning super bowl champion, and, you know, the record that the Chiefs have in the playoffs to not take them at minus one and a half at home against an admittedly flawed and injured um, Dolphins team. At the same time, I I have to say, this game definitely worries me a little bit. I, I think a lot of it just because of the attitude we've had about the Chiefs coming into pretty much every single playoffs. This is the first one where it's like, ooh, we really could just drop a sinker and go home. Um, we've shown no signs that that's not a very legitimate possibility. Um, I I think you've got a two or one really good offense and one very very middle of the road offense for and one very good defense and the other defense is very middle of the road. So it's a balanced matchup in my mind. And I I will give I will say I think the Chiefs will win um, at plus four and a half. I like the Dolphins. I really think this is a nail biter game um, either way. I, one thing I will say is I don't buy into the cold narrative favoring the Chiefs as much as everyone else. I get that Tua hasn't played in the cold very much, um, and the Dolphins historically don't have a great record. But also, this is uh, these are professional athletes, and I think in a playoff situation, they're going to go out there and I think largely be... Uh, I don't think it's going to be a uneven uh issue i think it's going to affect both teams to a similar level even if the dolphins aren't as used to doing this um but i i think the chiefs pull it out i think it's close and i think that there's definitely situations where 
the Chiefs could lose this game badly. Like, I think there's a timeline where that's a very realistic possibility as well. So um, it, it really is kind of a toss-up for me. I, I don't think it's quite a four-and-a-half-point discrepancy for Kansas City. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think the cold narrative also needs to be being played as much as it is. Miami, they don't – we don't expect them to play in cold games. Yes, it's going to be an advantage for us. I don't think it's going to be as big as an advantage as everyone's saying. I think Miami, if Jalen Waddle comes back, that'll be very big for them. I don't know what's the update. Does anyone know on Raheem Mostert? I, no. I believe Are, neither of them practiced yesterday but or were limited yesterday, one of the two. Um, I know I saw not, something that says they're optimistic the that Jalen Waddle is going to play. But, I mean, when you look at this game, yes, the Chiefs' offense just has been abysmal this year. We all know that. And people are like, don't worry, Mahomes in the playoffs is a different quarterback. This is very true, but you have to look at what we're working with. It's a little concerning. I agree. I don't think the four and a half – I think the four and a half is a little high, in my opinion. But with all that being said, I wouldn't be shocked if we also blow them out. I'm just also very, very nervous for uh, Tyreek Hill coming back to Arrowhead. Okay, so I feel like I'm the most confident one on the podcast then about this game, which is not normal. But I really think this was, outside of Pittsburgh, the best possible matchup Kansas City could have gotten. Uh, This is a Miami team that I've said it all year. I say it every year really with them, but I said it specifically this year. It's a cute September story when the weather's nice. I know you guys don't want to get into the weather, but there is something to be said about when it turns cold, you're not airing that bitch out 60 yards over and over and over again like you do when it's 75 and sunny in Miami, Florida. Um, I just love the matchup for the Chiefs. I mean, the Dolphins' defense is incredibly banged up. They lost Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb for the season. Xavier Howard is not going to play in this game. He's already been ruled out. So you talk about all of that. I think it's a good matchup for the Chiefs. I really do. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to run the ball well in this game. They they should. I mean, Andy better run the damn ball with Pacheco. If there's ever a Pacheco type of day, this is it. Um, especially with how cold it's going to be. I don't think our receivers could catch anything in these sort of conditions because they can't catch anything in perfect conditions. But all jokes aside, I really just do think it's a good matchup for Kansas City. And also, I mean, Miami, man, went balls to the wall last week. Just a crushing loss. Just a devastating, crushing way to go um, out of that division race that was yours the entire season. That was their season, essentially, because it's the difference between getting two home games or having to go to Arrowhead in negative temperatures. And I know you guys don't want to make a whole big deal out of the weather thing, but I mean, it has to somewhat be noted. They're, they've lost 10 consecutive games when the temperature's under 40 degrees by an average of 17 points, going back to 2017. It's just a team that has not done well in these conditions previously. They just have struggled, and this will be by far the coldest game two has ever played in. Coldest game two was ever played in before this game was like, what, 30 degrees, 31 degrees, some shit like that? Like, this is an entirely different beast. I like Kansas City a lot in this spot. I don't think they make a deep playoff run. I really don't. But I just think this is a really good matchup for Kansas City. I think if you're able to hold Miami to 14 in a dome with perfect conditions, uh, I think I think you're well-suited to face Miami in the, this type of weather. And, I mean, let's be honest. The Chiefs are a defensive first team, and this is defensive first weather that they're about to play in. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I yeah. agree. I think the biggest concern for me is 
I I really think the Raiders and Bengals game showed that the Chiefs have like literally nothing offensively. Um, I I thought the Bengals game was literally just as bad as the Raiders outside of one optimistic drive. Um, I just based on the way I saw the Steelers destroy that offense a week before, um, and the Chiefs look constipated against them. Um, and then you throw in the factor of the cold, which will also work against the Chiefs offense. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. I just, no matter how banged up or poor the opposing defense is, it's the the offensive line for the Chiefs is terrible. The receiving core is terrible. Um, our run game isn't particularly good. It 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 just I'm never going to be really all that confident. Um, but obviously, I think you just have to put it in the hands of the defense that they'll make enough plays for you, um, and you scrape by. However, I do want to note that. Look, the Chiefs usually take a step up offensively going into the playoffs. I think the playbook gets opened up a little more. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm i not certain how much of a difference that'll make this, t- this time around, given what we've seen so far. Yeah, I'm very interested to see, excuse me, with the Chiefs. I think the way they come out in the game is going to kind of set the tempo for us. I never view us – I know we haven't viewed us as a second-half team – Obviously, we had that really long skid. But I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. And if you can get out ahead quick and just keep the ball in the hands of Pacheco and run the ball, I think that's going to really help you. Because, I mean, the Dolphins have lost quite a few guys up front on the D-line. Nick Chubb, not Nick Chubb, uh, Bradley Chubb, Phillips. I think when you look at this team, I think we can run the ball pretty good on them. But with that being said, I mean, I still would like to see Mahomes and the Chiefs in general just even the ball out, give the receivers confidence, and hopefully we win and bring that in the next week, you know? Yep, I agree. It really comes For down sure. to will the Chiefs beat themselves? That's really all I'm worried about is will they commit enough stupid penalties and stupid turnovers to cost themselves the game? Because I think if they don't, they're going to cruise. I don't think this is a problem for them if they just get out of their own way. That's kind of been the story of the season. It's like, oh, when a receiver finally catches a pass, Jawan Taylor gets called for holding. Or, you know, when Jawan Taylor finally has a good rep and blocks well, a receiver drops a ball. And it's like we just couldn't get out of our own way the majority of this season. We'd have a good drive. Someone would fumble. You know, if they can get out of their own way and stop these unforced errors, I feel really good about this game. It just, it's hard to believe that they will with how undisciplined they've been really the entire season starting from week one. But, but I just like the matchup. I really do. If you if you force Tua to beat you, I really like the situation the Chiefs are in. I was going to say, I don't know a week that we didn't fuck up. Weren't many. There weren't many. I tried And if to... we didn't fuck up, it's because we got our asses kicked. I think really like the last game that I actually think the Chiefs played clean for the most part was that Chargers game at home all the way back in October. Yep. I don't remember No, that that was the last game. Yeah. I don't a remember game. a game before other than that that the Chiefs like actually played a, a solid game. The Bears. Way. Yeah. All the way I mean that one, yeah, sure. But Whatever, okay, so we all got the Chiefs moving on. Last AFC matchup of the weekend. Pittsburgh Steelers, man. We're, don't know why we ever doubted that they would find their way here. 10-7 and seven at <laughs> Buffalo. Buffalo's 10-point favorites. 
How Josh. dumb am I? How dumb am I for liking Pittsburgh plus ten? I don't think that dumb, but yeah, Bills by at least eight. I think I think the reason that uh, but or Pittsburgh plus ten seems appealing to me is you can just trust Josh Allen to do stupid things, whether it's when he's already ahead or if he's going to put himself in a hole like he did last week. Like it's just going to happen. Um, he's an incredible quarterback. The one thing I will say that I don't love about the plus 10 is isn't TJ Watt out. Yep. Um, yes. Yeah. It seems like you don't have much of a chance for a Steelers win. Um, so you're really playing in that 10 point range there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I got to say, this is definitely the game I'm looking forward to the least. I don't think there's too much to dig into here because uh, of all the teams in the playoffs, I think the Steelers are the ones that clearly, uh, stand out like a sore thumb yeah i mean i really have nothing to say about this i just think this is gonna somehow you're gonna look up there's gonna be five minutes left and it's gonna be a one score game i just like that's the way buffalo plays man and i think people forget a year ago in this exact same round they were playing skylar thompson and that game came down to a field goal like this team plays down to their competition almost every single time Like, I've yet to see them actually put together a performance against a bad team or a a team that's worse than them that they should. They just fuck around. It's hilarious. Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. the thing about him is you're never out of a game if you have Josh Allen, but you're never, you've never put a game away with Josh Allen because he just makes stupid decisions. But he's also Superman half the time. It's literally just modern day mobile Brett Favre. I expect Buffalo to win this game. But I would not be surprised in the slightest if Mike Tomlin's team came out, forced a couple turnovers, made this thing more interesting than a lot of people would think it would be. I don't know, man. I think Buffalo takes care of it. They had a they had a solid win this year against the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, I think they can put teams away. I, man, I mean, I think the fact that the Steelers are here in the first place is just because there isn't a seventh team in this conference. If Joe Burrow didn't get hurt, um, they wouldn't really even be close to getting in. Without TJ Watt as well, man, I, I think you're going to be right around that 10-point spot. I don't see it ever being in any sort of a, we need to turn this on, it's in jeopardy type thing. But we'll have to see. I think Are the Steelers would... upset the Bills here? I think this oh, would be one of the biggest playoffs. reshapes the entire postseason. It reshapes everything if they're able to do that. What I, I have no... No faith or confidence that that's going to get done. All right. If it does, it's no. a great thing for the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's the AFC side of things. For our predictions, we have Ravens taking on the Browns in the second round and then Buffalo taking on Kansas City in the second round. Let's go over to the NFC side of things. First NFC playoff game is going to be Green Bay at Dallas. Dallas is now a seven-point favorite. Was it seven and a half for a little bit? Man, like... I don't want to be that fan, but I'm just kind of happy to be here. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. don't want to sound like a loser, but, like, if Green Bay loses this game by, like, 20, I'll be like, you know what? We made the playoffs year one of, you know, no one really thought we would do that. Um, I expect Dallas to win this game. Green Bay defensively, I just don't see how they match up with Dallas. C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard, I mean, they're, I just don't understand how Green Bay is going to handle this especially Jake Ferguson and uh, Luke Shoemaker, the tight end duo they have. I just don't see it. I think Green Bay is a really fun team that can really 
give anybody a game. I don't think that, you know, it's out of the question that they could keep this thing close. Jordan Love is playing better football than anybody right now. I mean, he's last two months, 16 touchdowns, one pick. I mean, it's really crazy how much better he's looked. But, you know, I, I just can't bring myself to pick Green Bay in this spot. There's too many holes on the defense for Green Bay, and it's just it's just too young of a team, man. Like, this team is not... You don't see teams this young go in the playoffs and go on runs. Like, this is the youngest roster to make the playoffs since 1977. I just don't see it. But, again, I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm happy they took care of uh, Buston Fields last week. And, uh, you know, hope for a good game if we lose is what it is. Yeah, yeah if it was seven um, and a half. Or, no, excuse me. Yeah, since it's seven and a half. I wouldn't take the Cowboys, but now that it's seven, I wouldn't mind taking the Cowboys. No offense. I I like the Cowboys in either situation. Jackson, I don't mean to do this to you, man. I agree the Packers have been fun. Um, but I think a seven seed hasn't won yet, correct? Not yet. Um, and I, I don't see it changing. Um, <laughs> I think it's kind of the same situation as the AFC here. Uh, it's a good team, but really the only team left that really had to, like, fight to the death for their playoff spot besides the Buccaneers. Um, I, I I just don't think they – I think it's it's what you exactly what you described, defensively matching up against the weaponry that uh, the Cowboys have on their side. It's going to take a hell of an effort uh, to get yeah. over the hump there. It would take uh, – but uh, So I like I liked the Cowboys, but I'm cheering for the Packers. I it would take like Dallas having a, a poor night um... – I will say, like, there is all of the pressure is on Dallas. There is really no pressure on Green Bay here. And I, it's, like, a weird feeling because I'm so used to being, like, the two seed that goes into the playoffs that's like, fuck, we've got to win it this year. Right now, I'm like, this is kind of all on Dallas. Like, it's uh, especially on Mike McCarthy. He cannot afford to lose this game to his former team. No, nothing against Mike. I actually like Mike McCarthy as a, as a coach. He did a lot of good things in Green Bay, but he could not... He cannot live through this loss. Like, he cannot lose this game. This Dallas team hasn't lost at home since, like, September of 2022. I think they've won 16 in a row at home now. So, yeah, man. Tall task. Wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay, you know, was able to hang in it a little bit. But ultimately, I think Dallas just takes care of it. They're such a good home team. Uh, This is just a good spot for them. Sucks that, you know, I don't have much confidence in this, but... We'll say I really am excited and very confident about Green Bay's future. I really do feel like this is the absolute worst Green Bay is going to look for a while. I think going forward, that team is going to be pretty nice. I agree. I agree. You improve a little bit on defense, and you have the foundation. Oh, you just fire Joe Barry. You fire Joe Barry. Draft a corner. Like you're not too far off there. Offensively, I mean, holy shit. We look at the Chiefs, who don't have a reliable pass catcher outside of. Rasheed Rice and Kelsey. They've got two tight ends, Musgrave and uh, Tucker Craft. They've got Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Dontavion Wicks, who's been playing crazy. When he's healthy, Christian Watson's a decent receiver. Like, holy shit, Green Bay has drafted that position well. On a Sunday night. I agree. Honestly, the game I'm looking forward to the most. Game of of the week. Game I'm looking forward to the most out of any of these games. The Lions, or excuse me, the Rams at the Lions. Stafford goes back home. Goff plays his favorite team, or not his favorite, his former, I should say. Um, Detroit are three-point favorites. I've got a lot to talk about on this one. I'll let y'all go first. 
my question first is does Matthew Savard get a warm reception or do they fucking hate him? If it's I, any other I, week in the in the NFL, I think they give him a warm reception, a warm with no reception. doubt. I would boo the fuck out of him. No, you playoffs. wouldn't. I would not, man. He, he didn't ask he, out of Detroit. Yeah, like, but like, are they going to give him that special presentation before the playoff game? That's like some mental warfare type shit. I'm not saying they will, but I'm just saying booing the dude. Like, come on, the dude stuck around there forever. They're I was going to boo Tyree Kill. That's an entirely yeah, different well, situation. Kill has has talked. Cons- if Matthew Stafford had gone on and on about how the Lions did him wrong and that they regret letting him go. I'm pretty sure he would get more booze than Which he's going he to get, too. By the way, he would be vindicated, and he would be right to be able to say that in his instance. Yeah. He would be correct. Yeah. Yes, he would be. Which he, the, Lions, he would... the Lions didn't win a Super Bowl the year after they got rid of him. Yeah. They won <laughs> that, three games. That's the um, difference. But, yeah, this matchup is, whew. I really, I'll let y'all go first. I, I want to go last year. I think the Rams killed him. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I agree. I think this line is heavily misplaced. I really don't think this is much of a game, actually. That, that might be crazy. Um, the Lions are I've, – I've, I've kind of been a Lions – not hater. I've, I'm fine with them succeeding. I think it's kind of a good story, but I, I am not a confident per- – I have not backed the Lions, and I'm going to continue going that way. We've talked a lot about how we like the Rams. I think when you look at the Rams following the return of Matthew Stafford this season – it's really, really difficult for me to say that the Lions deserve to be three-point favorites, just judging by the run-in here. I was very shocked when I saw this line. I think I would put it at even, and that's only because it's in Detroit. Um, I, I I like the Rams. If this was block of the week, I wouldn't even have considered taking it because I knew Josh would like this. I guarantee oh, yeah. it would have been gone. Um, yeah, I, I'm just not confident in the Lions at all. And it, it's a good, interesting matchup because you have Goff and Stafford, the quarterbacks who were traded for each other, going head-to-head. Um, an interesting thing to look at there. But outside of that, Rams have a lot more weaponry. They've been a better team as of late, and I I, I trust them to get it done here. And I think they're, we're going to be in for a great matchup, uh, Niners versus Rams in the coming week. I'm also very biased because I put another five on the Rams' future. Another five? <laughs> Another five. I'm fucking double down. Um, I feel like we're walking into it because I also really like the Rams, and it was my first instinct. I was like, "Yeah, I really like the Rams in that spot." Um, I think the Rams did themselves a huge favor by winning last week and avoiding Dallas and getting to go to Detroit. Um, yeah, man, this Rams team. You're right. Since Stafford's come back, that's a different team. It's just a completely different team. They have played so so well. The offense clicks on every level and. I mean, come on, man. This is a team and with McVay and Stafford who have been there, done that, won playoff games. They've been through this versus, I know Goff has, but Dan Campbell and a lot of those dudes on Detroit, this is new. This is new territory. This is not the regular season. And, like, you kind of realize that they're not ready for this last week because they're playing their fucking starters in a game that they shouldn't have. They lose Sam Laporta who is vital to that offense. He's is he up. out? I'm pretty sure he's going to be out. And even if he's not, that dude is banged up as hell. There's no way you're getting a effective Sam Laporta out there. I want to uh, say I saw that he was out indefinitely. I, I just don't see a scenario where he could play this week. But anyways, like, yeah, man, 
oh, but what if Detroit and Dallas lose last week? Yeah, like, that's going to fucking happen. Like, okay. Like, bruh, you should not have been playing your starters. They had Goff in to the last snap. I love the Rams here, man. I get the better coach. I get the better quarterback. I feel like I get the better offense, which is saying quite a bit with how good Detroit's been on offense this year. Um, and I think defensively, it's pretty even. I don't think that Detroit's defense is anything spectacular, and I think the Rams are pretty mediocre defensively. So I'll take the Rams here. I love how it's uh, in a dome as well. Stafford in his career, just dome versus outdoor numbers, night and day. Night and day. So I love the Rams in this spot. I think this is a 10-point Rams win. I, I really do. I'm, I mean, this line think, blew my mind. I think there's going to be a lot of points. Both secondaries are so suspect. And, you know, as much as I bag on Goff, he's capable enough. You know, and Stafford's going to light shit up too. I like this Rams team though, man. Like, I really, really like this spot for the Rams. And I think the Rams are just so scary when their their receiving options are actually healthy. Mm-hmm. When Cooper Cup's available, when Puka Naku is available, when they're both available... It's one of the best uh, tandems in the league. Bro, right it's now. like and Tutu Atwell and Demarcus Robinson are like their fifth and sixth options, which is fucking insane. I will say this: if you're wanting to get Rams spread, I would say buy it now because I think we're going to see a big shift in the line come game day. Well, it was it did get put up to three and a half at one point throughout the week. I doubt you'll see that again. Fuck, I would have loved that. I that doubt you see it go back to three and a half. I doubt it goes lower than two and a half, though. I couldn't imagine this going down to two unless a professional or a professional group put down a shit ton of money. Uh, but we'll have to see. As of, I might as of, take Rams money line to be honest. Yeah, that's probably oh, probably the play. Um, all right, Monday Night Football, which I cannot tell you how much I hate that they do a Monday Night Football game on Wild Card Weekend, but they love to do it. Um, and boy, did they pick a shit one: Eagles at Bucks. Eagles are three-point road favorites. Man, talk about just completely imploding. This Philly team, it's not like they just had their backups in last week against the Giants and got their ass kicked. They forfeited. Like, they had their starters in, got their ass kicked, and just said, like, all right, enough of this. We're we're done. Like, this Philly team is trending in the worst direction of any playoff team in the field right now. There's nobody in this field playing worse than Philadelphia. Like, I'm really torn. on both sides. I'm really torn about this. I mean, yeah, I think when I you look too. at this game, I think when you look at this game, experience is going to come into a key factor. I got the Eagles winning. I think this is going to be the ugliest game of the week by far. Oh, yeah. I think the Buccaneers, you can't really call them an inexperienced playoff. Yeah, I realize that as I said it, they won the Super Bowl, what, three years ago? I mean, you could call... They won the division three straight seasons. You could call I mean, Baker a little inexperienced, yeah. I guess, but I mean, even he's gotten a playoff uh, win. I mean, Todd Bowles yeah, he's gotten bit. a playoff win, and he, he delivered a great playoff performance against the Chiefs, believe it or not. He, did, um, yeah. he played pretty well in that game. Um, I... I think I like the Buccaneers here, okay? It's crazy. It's crazy. I started this season off um, with a high-conviction Buccaneers underdog of the week against the Vikings, Mm -hmm. and it cruised to victory. And ever since then, I've kind of had a soft spot for the Buccaneers. So keep that in mind when you listen to my pick here. But I think the Eagles have, like, legitimate issues. Um, I think there's probably some locker room 
issues going on as well. I've, I've heard some rumblings of that. Uh, and it's just kind of falling apart. It's just kind of falling apart. And last week, look, this is a huge difference from last year because if I recall correct, the Eagles kind of smushed the Giants oh, and they were times. much better. Yeah, yeah, three times. Three times they clapped them and clapped them to start the playoffs. And this year, a Giants team with nothing to play for made them look stupid. I think this is kind of getting glossed over. I really like the Eagles or the the, the Buccaneers here. I, as much as it's crazy to say, at home, uh, a lot of playoff experience isn't necessarily something I'm worried about. A lot of those players have been been on runs. They're they're not a completely changed team, and I think they're coming into this game thinking they can they can win it. So I like them a lot. I think they've got a chip on their shoulder, and I mean, really nothing to lose at this point. So they can put on a show for their home fans one more time. So I'm the tiebreaker here, and uh, I've been really back and forth on this game. Like, really, really back and forth on this game. But I just... Hmm, I would... I'm rooting for Tampa, but my my gut tells me this is Philadelphia. They win this one, they pull this out in a very ugly Monday night, like, low-ass scoring 16-13 terrible game. I just have a feeling this is a game Philadelphia... Get said what they find a way to pull this one out. Wasn't overly impressed with Tampa last week in a do or die game, only putting up nine points against Carolina. Uh, it was a little scary. Um, so I'm I'm going Philly. To me, this is the hardest game for me to pick of the week. Like I just don't have a really good. In, I don't have a good read on this game. I don't have a good read on either of these teams. To be completely honest, because right when I start to believe in Philly, they implode. You know, right when I, at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, this Buccaneers team is terrible. They, they go on and have a, a solid year. So it's like, I don't have a great read on either of these teams all year. Uh, I'm going Philly here to just win a really ugly, tough, physical game. So that's wild card right. weekend. Um, now, every matchup from here on out is obviously a hypothetical matchup, but we're going to do them anyway, just to fill out our podcast playoff bracket I'll, I'll start in the nfc this time in the second round um i don't know which order these games will be played they obviously haven't announced that yet so i'll just go high seed low seed uh the divisional round according to us would be niners and rams in san francisco and then cowboys at eagles or eagles at cowboys i should say so let's start with rams at niners boy if this matchup was to happen i think it's the team san francisco wants to see the least I really don't think San Francisco wants to see the Rams, man. I think the Rams are the second scariest team in the NFC. They're they, that's saying a lot. They are pretty, yeah. They. I'm just fucking proud of us, boys. We fucking saw this from a mile away in August. It didn't look hey, pretty. In nothing August. has actually happened yet. Nothing has actually happened no, yet, though. John, they were yeah, projected seven fucking wins. They were they were six and a half over under, and we fucking nailed that. I'm yeah. just saying, we saw something that America didn't see. Well, well, it was, I mean, but it wasn't that, said, that difficult. I am very biased. Give it was me the a bad line. It was a bad line. Um, as much as I think this situation for the, the Niners is probably not the not the greatest opponent, I would take San Francisco with a week off, week to prepare. Kyle Shanahan against uh, Sean McVay, historically, he's really owned him outside of that one playoff game. So, you know, I guess a little contradictory there, but that was Jimmy Garoppolo. I have a little more faith in... Uh, Brock Purdy at home. Um, yeah, I think when this game happens, okay, uh, it's gonna be a dogfight. 
it's going to be a dogfight. Should be. I well, I will take the Niners based on the the week off. But I think had they played the week before, they're kind of a fragile team. I mean, we saw how much they dropped off when they had a uh, one of their stars took a hit. I think that's kind of the the downfall of Brock Purdy is most teams like you know not too much uh, waves in the water when your quarterback is a guy you can rely on. But you know you you get worried when it's not just a quarterback injury for the Niners. And I think the bye helps them avoid that, which is a situation where I'd really like the Rams. But I think it's going to be close, and I think it still is the reason that uh, the 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 Super Bowl future we talked about holds value because I don't think it's quite as improbable as the lines would uh, lead you to believe. I I'll take the Niners though because I do think that they're the best team. Josh, for your future to hit, you should be rooting for Green Bay this weekend because Green Bay. Oh, wins, I know. They I play agree. San Francisco. I- I am like I, I I did not want to tell you this, but I'm a huge Green Bay fan. Yeah, let's go. Um, yeah. So this would be I, I I two you know two of the three we're going San Francisco. Uh, this one should be a clean sweep. Eagles at Cowboys. If this matchup happens, I just don't see a scenario where Philly wins this game. Uh, I know it's no. division, but I mean Dallas at home. It's just like automatic right now. They. I genuinely don't remember the last time they lost at home. I need to look it up because it's been that long. Um, it should have been to Detroit, you know, a little asterisk there, but they can't control the refs being terrible. Uh, yeah, if this is the situation, I love Dallas. I agree. Yeah. Give me Dallas. All right. I like Dallas over both, but I will say I do not trust playoff Dallas. No, as much yeah. as they've probably been. Playoff I agree. That's, that, that needs to be noted. It has to be noted. We're still talking about Mike McCarthy here. And We're Dak. We're still talking about Mike McCarthy and Dak. Dak yep. is one and yep. three in his career against the Packers. Just just throwing that out there. Um, but yep. obviously those were with Rodgers. Okay. He's lost to the Packers in the playoffs. He has. That was his first playoff loss. Um Yep. All right. Next, so into the AFC. What a fucking matchup this would be. Cleveland at Baltimore. Flacco going back to Baltimore. Hammer the under. I never say hammer the under. Hammer the under. <laughs> I could really see Cleveland doing this too. That's the funniest part. Um I will take Baltimore in this matchup if it happens, but man, would I be rooting so hard for Joe Flacco to go in there and win that game. What the fuck? What? Okay. Okay, Josh. Uh, Go ahead, John. (laughs) Okay, I've been saying this for a very long time, so maybe I'm incorrect, but... I do think that the Flacco thing is going to catch up to the Browns sooner rather than later. Boo. So if they get past this, I don't see him making it another. You're no fun. Guys, come on. You're we, no fun. We got we to gotta remember, Joe Flacco didn't magically get way better when he was sitting on his couch. I'm just saying. I, I, I am not, I'm not convinced. I, I, need to see him, I need to see him knock these guys off. He has beat him before. That is fair. Um, but are we talking? What are we talking about? Sorry, my phone. Browns Ravens. Okay, before we do this, are we all in favor of Joe Flacco getting the comeback player of the year? Award? Yes, 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 one hundred percent. And I, mean, I wouldn't even put Demar Hamlin second. Like, I wouldn't even put Demar Hamlin rather, second. I would rather never talk about the Demar Hamlin situation again either. Like I have no interest in bringing bringing attention to it. It's really not even to me. It isn't a feel-good story. It's kind of like, damn, this guy almost died, and he went back to playing football. Like, we, we, it feels a little messed no, up. No, I'm telling um, you, my my comeback player of the year ballot is number one Flacco, number two Stafford. 
Like, those are my two. He's not even I on agree. there for me. I was going to put Rodgers because he came back. He ain't come track. back. He ain't I know. I just back. wanted to fish the on huh? He ain't come yeah. back. Yeah, real funny. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think Flacco wholeheartedly Let's... deserves it. And just a better, a more, a more enjoyable story. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, the DeMar Hamlin thing is horrible. Look, coming <laughs> coming back from being the Jets quarterback is arguably harder than coming back from dying. Like, what Joe Flacco did was fucking insane. Coming off of your couch and just literally... He threw more touchdowns in, like, four franchises this year. And he played two months. Yeah. Not even a full two months, I don't yeah. think. So this dude is fucking... It's an awesome story. I, playoff Flacco, man. And- Playoff Flacco. I don't want to hear it. This man is a different beast in the playoffs. Now, granted, the last time he started the playoff game, I was 14 years old. But still, numbers don't lie. Flacco's a playoff baller. I take Baltimore in the spot. But, man, I hope that I really, really want to see this matchup so bad. Was the last game he started in the AFC Championship? It was the divisional round in 2014 against... The Broncos? Uh, no, against New England, where uh, they got up 14 wow. points two separate times and still found a way to lose the game. Uh, that was the game where they had the double pass, Julian Edelman, 60-yard touch, touchdown pass. If anybody could recall that, any of my football junkies. But, uh, yeah, playoff baller. But, yeah, uh, yeah. John, John uh, going Ravens? Yes. Okay. I'm going Ravens. And then that sets up Chiefs at Bills. Oh, boy. Uh, if this happens, over, boys. I have zero confidence in winning this game if this happens. Man, I, I mean, I, I disagree. I Only because the last time the Chiefs played the Bills, it's not like it was like, oh, man, these guys are good. And no, they be. also – yeah, and they haven't, they haven't really shown it since. Like, I think the Bills are also an extremely problematic team. I would take the Chiefs, literally. Uh, we've beaten Josh Allen twice, and this is probably the worst Bills team we've played yet. It's also the worst Chiefs team, but also probably the worst Bills team. I I, I just don't think that they've quite deserved or earned, like, crazy respect. They've they've had a few wins here down the end that are fine, um, but, I mean, they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And they also got away with a couple of uh, near misses earlier in the year. I'm I'm just not fully convinced by this team. It will be interesting though. This will be Mahomes' first road playoff game, um, so that's that's something to consider. Which is so yeah, I was saying the same thing. It's such an overblown fucking. He said story. it the same way he said uh, losing to the Broncos. Every single thing is meant to be broken. Like Mahomes said, I was originally going. I was originally, or I was eventually going to lose on the road to a division opponent. Mahomes was eventually going to play on the fucking road in the playoffs. Like, it, still it was going to happen. Still, it still might not. It's still possible that if some things play out <laughs> that he wouldn't if uh, Pittsburgh Come wins. On, if Pittsburgh wins. Or just if he loses. Yeah, or if they lose this yeah, one. Or, or, or if we lose. Then he won't. Yeah. Then he won't. So, yeah. That's uh, very true. There's still multiple possibilities that it doesn't happen. Okay, but I would take Buffalo in this spot as well. Sorry, Chiefs fans. Um, I would take Buffalo. This sets up the AFC title game of the one and two seeds. Buffalo at Baltimore in the AFC title game. This would be an entertaining as hell AFC championship game. It really would be. Uh, and I'll just say this. My lean would be Buffalo. I would agree. Mm, no, my lean would not be Buffalo. I don't understand why this – why why are we confident in Buffalo? 
Like, Buffalo are a mess. They they needed a punt return touchdown to win last week. They they're not they're not crazy. They they've they've gotten they've they're good, but no. The the Ravens will cook them if this game comes around. I'm telling you. I, I have just no confidence in them. I I don't know I don't know where where we're so scared of the Bills. They they y'all remember how they lost last year, right? It was poor. It was a poor I, they they just. They just haven't earned this respect. I don't. I, I don't see it. I've, I've got the Ravens cooking them in this, and I also have the Ravens beating the Chiefs in my bracket as well. I I think the Ravens are the force to be reckoned with, uh, and I think this is where Lamar gets the the playoff demons exercised. So I, I I like the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not gonna lie. I'm taking Buffalo here. I'm sorry, John. I just don't trust Lamar they, Jackson. They, they almost lost Lamar to the Jackson. Patriots two weeks I don't, ago. I don't they trust almost Lamar. lost okay. to the Patriots okay. two weeks ago. I don't trust Lamar Jackson in the playoffs in the slightest. He has shown me but we that trust, he's not but we reliable. Trust Josh Allen. I was gonna say, do you trust Josh Allen? I trust Josh Allen more in the playoffs than I do Lamar Jackson. Oh my god! I really do. Dude. I really do. From what I've seen, how many points did he score? How many points did he score last year? Like what? I man, I don't understand. I would, I think the Bills need to be given more respect in this matchup than people will probably give them. But Man. with this still being said, I'm still taking the Ravens. All right. I got I get out voted. That's fair. For playoff unreliability, Josh Allen has been so much worse. I, I just In Lamar? Like Yes, man. No. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. No, 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 no. Yes. Give me mm-hmm. one good Lamar playoff game. Like one. I can't think of one that he played that good. Okay, but but also Josh Allen last year tossed. He tossed. That was he had a bad game. Yeah, terrible ones. But I mean, that's one bad game versus Lamar Jackson has. And aren't we? Aren't we two years? Hasn't Lamar not? Lamar's only been to like two playoffs, right? He made it in nineteen and twenty, and then. Did he make it in 2018? He was hurt yeah. both the last two years. The first yeah. year he made it. He I, went, no, he, no, 2018 he played in the playoffs, his rookie year. That's right. Okay, that one doesn't count. Terrible game. But 2019 he laid a stinker against the Titans. 2020 he laid a fucking egg against Buffalo, talking about Josh Allen's reliability. Lamar put up three, yeah, points, in, three points in that game, by the way. Um, gave up more points on a pick six than he put up on the scoreboard. But I digress. Uh, we can put Baltimore Fair. in there. We can put Baltimore in there. That's fine. Um, moving over to the NFC side, Cowboys at Niners. I think this is what a lot of people anticipate the NFC title game will be. Uh, Little do they. What? It's going to be Rams. Little do they know it's going to be Rams. Wams. Good players. Good the Wams. The Wams. The Los Angeles Wams. The Wams. Um, Wams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ours are hard sometimes for Josh. Uh, yeah. Good players. Good players. Good coaches, good team. <laughs> um, yeah, man, as much as I would like to take Dallas in this spot and I think they would make it a better game than they did uh, earlier this season, I would probably still take San Francisco. Yeah, yeah I would I would take San Francisco as well. Uh, it, it, but We've the thing is, San Francisco, no, no, if, if San Francisco is missing Debo or Trent, I immediately take the Ravens. Yeah. Immediately. I think that's well, we're not talking about feels. the Ravens yet. We're talking about the Cowboys. Oh, 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 we're still in the – yes. But I'll take them over the Cowboys too. I mean, geez, that one's easy. Okay. So that would set up a Super Bowl of the two one seeds, which would make it back-to-back years that that happens. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of uh, 
banking on that happening yet again, but I guess it's possible. Um, Ravens Niners, personally, if they rematch, I like San Francisco. I just think when you see Lamar Jackson for a second time, it's a different game. There's a reason Lamar Jackson is 20-3 and against the NFC in his career. Those guys never see him. They never see Lamar. But then there's a reason that his his record in the division is so much different versus teams like Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. Because when you see him, you can game plan for him better. And I think the best thing possible for San Francisco was that they got to see Lamar Jackson in the regular season. Because now, if they see him again in the Super Bowl, they have a better plan. I don't anticipate Brock Purdy would throw four interceptions again. You know, that's like the nightmare of Brock Purdy game that I don't see him having for a second time, especially with an extra week of preparation. And Kyle Shanahan, this is the Super Bowl, man. I think San Francisco wins it. I I still think San Francisco is the best team in the NFL. I don't care that they got their ass beat by Baltimore on Christmas. I still think they're the best team in the NFL. Uh, I would yeah, agree. I, I spoiled it earlier, but I agree too. Josh, go ahead, though. Give whatever no, I agree. opinion you got. I think, yep. I think the 49ers are good. I think the Ra- the Ravens are really good. But, like I said, none of this matters because the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl unless it's against the Chiefs. Uh, not <laughs> with it, but that's not what we are asking about right now. No, when you look at these two teams, I think the Ravens, in my opinion, I don't know what was the tipping point. But other than that 49ers game, I just haven't viewed them the same. Really? Like, since probably the Rams, the Rams-Ravens uh, game. And I'm not even trying to, like, be stupid about it now. I think, like, we were all going in that game thinking the 49ers were going to kill the Ravens. That's not true. At least I was. You two were. At least were. I was. You two were. That was yes. one But I one did not time think they season. were going to kill. I thought it was going to be close, but I picked the Niners. It was the yes. Eagles game. I thought the Niners were going to kill them. And yeah. that's exactly yeah. what happened. And that did happen. I was right. That was, the down, that was the start of the downfall. Yeah, y'all were right once. I was right once. We'll keep it at that. But, no, I think when you look at these two teams, I think this is a very evenly matchup. Super Bowl, and it'll be a good one. I just don't want to see a rematch of a game we've already had this year, which is probably very likely. But give me give me the 49ers 24 to 20. I believe Jackson, the Ravens, who would you take Bills, Niners? Niners. I believe okay. I, I would take And the Niners are cursed. I would take the 49ers over any team in the AFC. And on a neutral field, I would take them over anybody. So and I would take. So do we all agree that the biggest threat to the 49ers are the Rams? No, it's me picking them. That that's probably oh. the biggest threat to the to 49ers is me picking them to win. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, I think in the NFC side of things, yeah, I think the Rams are a, a bit of a, a tough matchup for them. Um, I really think the only two teams in the NFC they would lose to are the Rams or the Cowboys. I don't see them losing to Detroit, Tampa, Philly, or Green Bay. So. You know, with all that being said, anybody can lose any given Sunday or Saturday or Monday, whatever day they play the game on. But yeah, the San Francisco hey, I got team Rams. is nice, and I don't care that they lost that game to Baltimore. It happens. I still think they're the best team in the NFL. I got the Rams at plus seven thousand, plus six thousand. They're now plus four thousand. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, definitely helps that they got the six seed and not the seven seed. Um, with uh, Carson Wentz. Um, y'all can talk about Saban for a second. I've got to go step out for a second. Uh, All right, Josh. I'll start off. Nick Saban retires after 28, 27 years of coaching. He'll go down as probably the yeah. 
best college football coach of all time, in my opinion. I think there you can compare him to Bear Bryant. But I think when you look at it, Nick Saban has definitely had that thrown. Uh, in developing news to this subject, Dan Lanning was the lead candidate for the Alabama vacant head coaching job, and he has declined it. Uh, we'll That's the we'll go back to that. To but John, what were your initial thoughts on Saban exactly. retiring? Because that was a complete shock. No, you just needed to get a case for that phone. Yeah. Um, well, I'll do the basic uh, yeah, ring around the rosy, which is he's probably the best coach ever. I, I would not debate that. And, yeah, it's it was pretty out of nowhere. I, I mean, some people have predicted, you know, his career is running down. He's 72 years old. So – all of that has to be taken into account, but it, it was a little bit surprising. I, I kind of felt like it would be weird for him to go out. I thought he'd try to go out on a win just because, you know, at Bama, you can you can kind of you have the luxury of doing that. Um, but, yeah, he uh, three straight years of not winning it, one of the longer stretches without a Bama title, and called it. The thing that really is interesting is it kind of shakes up the entire landscape because I think you're going to see a domino effect of – whoever Bama hires a coach away from, because look, they've probably got their pick of the entire litter here. Whoever they hire a coach away from, you know, whether it, look, some of the names you see around, maybe it's Lane Kiffin, maybe it's, I don't know. There haven't been many credible leaks. Maybe it's Sarkeesian, you know, one of any of the above. It, it's going to create a domino effect. That team's going to be looking for a coach. Um, so yeah, I think we've just got a bit of a chaotic uh, college off season coming up, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty weird, and it's gonna be weird to see someone else coaching Alabama because he's been there for a very, very long time. Um, yeah, for me. I, oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? Go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. You're gonna, fine. Go ahead. I was just gonna kind of uh, go off your point and say uh, how they can get any coach. When they came, when the news came to me, the first person that came to mind was Lane Kiffin for me. I think this is a perfect Lane Kiffin job, and because what he got his head coaching start from Alabama, his second stint, obviously, because he went from Alabama offensive coordinator to FAU to then Ole Miss, yep. I believe. But I think when you look at it, Lane Kiffin has shown that he he uh, can do it. I think if you give him all the money that Bama would give him and NIL money, he would only make his team better, get all the Ole Miss commits, and then get all the Bama commits. But I'll be very interested, and we've already seen it, how many people – went to Bama for Nick Saban. We've already seen the number three overall recruit. Uh, I don't have his name. He's a wide receiver. Zion Williams. Uh, did you say Zion Williams? Ryan Williams. Oh, yeah. He decommitted from Bama. I think these. this is going to be very interesting. I don't know if Bama's going to be the same Bama that we all think of or if this is going to be a brand-new Bama that might need a few years to rebuild. And I hope that's the case because Mizzou goes down to Bama next year and that would make it very possible for Mizzou to go 12 and 0. Yeah, that that's the biggest question I'd have for you is how do you feel well okay Jackson I'll let you get your thoughts on it but the real question is what do you think this means for Bama short term right because we know they're not going to go away. I don't think this is a start of a dark period for them. Um you know, just given the legacy that they've built up, they're always going to be around. But how do you guys think this kind of messes with sh stuff short term? And Jackson you can add whatever thoughts you have as well. I don't think it overly changes a ton with Bama. Like they're not national championship favorites anymore necessarily, but yeah. I still view them as a like 
10-win team. I mean, it really depends who gets this job. That's going to depend a lot on what happens. I assume in the next few days this is a filled job. They're not going to want to, you know, mess around and wait while all these kids enter the portal. Um, I don't. I didn't hear everybody that you guys mentioned that might take the job, but one guy that I just thought would be an interesting name, I don't know if he'd do it, but Steve Sarkeesian going back to Bama, be the head coach after he was the OC there. I'm not sure he'd leave Texas, but it's possible, I guess. He's a name that has floated around. I think Lane Kiffin right now. I think it's definitely possible. I think Lane Kiffin should be the odds-on favorite with Dan Lanning announcing he's not going anywhere. Um, Dabo Sweeney, that's like the job he's always wanted. Would not be surprised. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Dabo's wanted that job forever. Like, well, ever. If, if Dabo wants it, I don't give it to him. I don't like, think he he's wanted it. it. Um, you know, you can look up the odds. There's a ton of people. Anybody that would bet on Deion Sanders is just lighting money on fire. They're not hiring Deion Sanders to be the head coach of Alabama. Um, I think more names like Kalen DeBoer, I still think makes sense. A little, little inexperienced at the Power 5 level. So, there, you know, obviously there's that. Mike Norvell, you know, I think there's names like that that make sense. One name that I saw got tossed out that I could not believe, but he actually has decent betting odds, Urban Meyer. I could never in a million years see Urban Meyer being Alabama's head coach, though. No. I don't think Bama would want Urban Meyer. I could never imagine it. Uh, but it, it'd be interesting. That would just absolutely light the college football world on fire. Uh, but no, man, like I still think Alabama's going to be a really good team. They probably will have an adjustment period just because, I mean, like, Nick Saban is the greatest college coach of all time. His defense is, like, some of the most complex defense that you will ever see a college program run. Um, So there will probably be a little bit of that. There, you know, in the short term, I think it immediately makes them worse than Bama. Or, worse than Bama, worse than Georgia, I should say. Um, I think it makes them less of a threat to Georgia. Definitely makes them less of a threat in the SEC. As for Mizzou going down there and beating them next year, did the odds increase? Hell yeah. Do I still feel good about that? Not entirely. We'll have to see. It was going to be the same thing. We'll have to see how this works out. But this program, man, is like, this isn't Michigan losing Jim Harbaugh, where I think Michigan would significantly, you know, hurt from that departure. This isn't, you know, a school like, I'm trying to think of a great example. This isn't like Oklahoma when they lost Lincoln Riley. Bama's not going to be 6-7 and next year. They're not going to have that fall off, in my opinion. But uh, are they going to be the powerhouse of college football? Are they going to be the team that every single year is top four? I could see that falling off. I could see them heading back into that, you know, I, I guess a way I could put it is they could be like LSU. We're like once in you know once in every couple of years they make a really good run. Other than that, they're a just a solid nine win team. Yeah, it's it's weird waters, and I think the only thing that's certain is whatever they do is definitely going to affect the uh, the landscape going forward. I'm very interested to see, and incredibly weird that it had to happen. Within 24 hours of Bill Belichick's reign and New England coming at the same time, I never would have drawn these things coinciding with each other, but they did. It's pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect. I'm curious. I'm really curious to see who they hire and the ripple effect that it has. It, it's going to affect other teams as well. 
Because whoever gets poached, that team's going to go poach someone else, and then that team's going to go poach someone else. And it's yep. it's going to be mm-hmm. wild if you're someone like Kansas with Lance Leipold. Just hold on for dear life for this next few weeks because yeah. it, could, it could really somehow come all the way back and trickle down to you uh, with how many moves might just happen because of this. Or, you know, if they go and get a guy that's, you know, not a college coach currently, I doubt they do that. But if they do go get a guy like, <laughs> let's just get weird and say Pete Carroll to come back to college. Uh, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel's a name. Belichick definitely would not do Another it, but... Belichick disciple. <laughs> no, Belichick. And Belichick fills in Nick Saban's shoes. Be hilarious. The, it would be hilarious. The whole world is Locked. It would be hilarious. No, uh, Bill Belichick would just do it for one year. There's no way you could like. Can you imagine Bill Belichick recruiting like going into a Bill kid's Belichick house and, like, also isn't ever going to do that. He wants the most wins in NFL history. I ask you this though, with Nick yeah. Saban, before we get off the topic, how long ago do you think he decided this? Because it wasn't uh, too long ago. Year. It wasn't too long ago. He was in our hometown recruiting kids, like. I don't know if you oh, do that if, if you know that you're retiring. I feel like this was a that's more a recent decision. You got to keep keep grinding. I don't know, man. You got to earn your money while you're there. I just um, feel like this was a recent I, decision. I feel like, man, I feel like this is such a big choice to make, though, that he's probably at least been on the fence about it for a while. I mean, it's, it's no way. It, just, it was just a, oh, man, I lost to Michigan. I'm done. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I think, don't believe I that. Think this, but yeah, I, I I'm interested too because it seemed to it, I think it was pretty surprising. Some people did predict it, but I mean overall, I think it was not exactly the expected course of action. I, I think his contract like had like one or two more years on it, so you would have figured you know as you get closer to that, this this the possi- the probability of this happening increases. Yeah, yeah. But I I was very surprised by it. Not not to say that it didn't make sense to me, but it wasn't expected, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, um, on the note of, you know, coaches stepping down, let's talk about, excuse me, the NFL guys that got fired slash departed. Arthur Smith immediately got fired at 12, <laughs> 12.01. Uh, that dude was out the door. He didn't, know, he didn't even make it to 12.01. That guy on time. Yeah, he, at the Eastern time, he made it to 12.01. It was about 11 here. Oh, that. That's exactly when he got fired. Yeah, well, he got fired at eleven oh one our time, so Eastern time. He no got fired at twelve oh one. Fucking way. Yeah, there's a way. Uh, that's exactly when the news came out. Uh, Ron Rivera. Those two were kind of obvious. Um, figured they would happen. Some of the more surprising ones, though, Bill or not Bill Belichick, uh, Pete Carroll out in Seattle. I guess with age, it made sense, but I really didn't see it coming. They hadn't had really any losing seasons recently outside of the year Russell Wilson got hurt. And then obviously uh, Mike Vrabel is just like a, what the hell are the Titans doing fire? I don't get that one at all. Um, What were your guys' thoughts on the coaching cycle? And uh, just we'll save Belichick for a separate conversation. I think all of them except Mike Vrabel makes sense. The Mike Vrabel, what the fuck are you doing, Tennessee? You, you fucked up. You fucked up the moment you traded AJ Brown. This isn't Mike Vrabel's fault. They didn't have the talent. What the fuck do you want him to do with that team? He is going to land somewhere. If he get, coaches the Falcons, the Falcons are the new leader of the NFC South. Whoever, man, I mean, oh, I tell you, 
The perfect spot for Vrabel is the Chargers. Like, he would thrive with Herbert as his quarterback. I hope the fuck I really hope he does not go there. Because I think Vrabel's a hell of a coach. You you know who I think is going to be the Chargers head coach? Bill Belichick. Belichick. Yeah, no, the Chargers are going to get a good head coach. We're fucked. We are fucked. No, the, I think I think that's where Belichick ultimately goes. I, but look, the I, Josh, I kind of disagree on. I I kind of disagree on Vrabel. I think that you kind of have to with a coach that I mean plays the way Vrabel does. It's not really the the modern type of thing, and I mean I think it kind of grinds you kind of down to a pulp. Um, and I don't I don't really blame anyone that wants to go in a different direction. He's been there a while. It's not like he's showing any signs of getting over the hump. Seems like you know he's kind of kind of past the peak there, and I I I don't I don't hate the decision. I do agree though that whoever does hire him will make a fine hire. He's a fine coach. He's not an idiot. There are some straight up bad coaches. He is not one of them. But from the perspective of Tennessee, I think it made sense, and I think I think Pete Carroll did too. That one didn't really. It was surprising just because he's been there so long, and it's going to be weird, but. I think it's just the direction you go in. Sometimes you need to make a shakeup. Uh, maybe get a younger mind in there. Not necessarily younger, but younger ideas, and see how that works. But it's uh, there's a lot of good destinations open. Like all of these teams aren't a shambles. A lot of them are just a piece or two away. So a lot of opportunities for the the coaching pool to really improve their stock this coming year. Yeah, like, I get what you're saying about Vrabel, and the, the league has moved towards offensive coaching at, at head coach. A lot of the guys that got fired, Rivera, Carroll, Vrabel. Um, sorry, it's getting a phone call. Uh, the, those guys, all defensive-minded guys. Like, those are all guys that got fired. Brandon Staley, defensive-minded guy who got fired. I really, is the only offensive minds Frank Reich and Josh McDaniels? Like, those are the only offensive Arthur guys. Smith. Arthur Smith, yeah, who it, it's an insult to call him an offensive guy at this point. He's just a dumbass. Well, um, he's his own special he's not, little He's case. not coaching the defense, so. <laughs> he's a dumbass. But, uh, yeah. No, like, it feels like offensive coaches are the way that the league is going. Uh, I get it. But at the same time, I think it's just a management issue in Tennessee more than it is anything. You trade A.J. Brown. Yep. You then fire the GM in the middle of the season. And then you come back this year, and the new GM probably wants his own coach. Let's be honest. That's just what happens in sports. Yep. Is a GM mm-hmm. wants to be if they're going to be tied to somebody. If they're if their job is tied to somebody, they want it to be their guy. And Bill Belichick is not, or excuse me, Mike Vrabel is not the Titans GM guy. That's just the way that it went. That's the way that it plays out. Vrabel should get a job. I think he's a hell of a coach. You've never heard a player say anything bad about Vrabel. All of his guys love him. I mean, shit. Look at this past All week. of Tennessee is shocked. Look at this past week, man. With nothing to play for at 5-11, and 11, he has his team come out and beat the Jaguars. Like, they're always playing hard. I get that this is an offensive league, and I'm typically on the side of hiring an offensive coach. But sometimes there's a guy defensively that's just the right guy. I think D'Amico Ryan's proved that this year in Houston. They're like, Oh, for sure. Sometimes yeah. there's the right guy, and I just... Look, Tennessee could make a great hire... I'm not saying they can't, but I'm just kind of surprised that they decided to do that. I don't think it's production that got him fired. I think it's just a new general manager wanting a fresh start at head coach. Yeah, Who do you think goes to the Panthers, too, by the way? I think the Panthers is the least attractive job on the market. Like, it is – I don't know why anybody would want to go there. The GM just got fired. 
Um, so, I mean, your owner's a moron. You have no first-round pick, which I don't think is the end of the world. But, I mean, you're really tying your career to can Bryce Young develop? Can you develop Bryce Young? And honestly, with, you know, the owner that they have and how big of a temper he has and how he just makes these reactions and makes these impulse decisions, who knows, you know, what it's going to look like there. Who really wants to go ruin their coaching career you're never going to get another head coaching job if you bomb there, it feels like. So that's, to me, the least attractive job on the market. Every other job, honestly, I think has qualities to it. Even Washington, now that Daniel Snyder's out of there, has qualities to it. Yeah, yeah. And I want to clarify, too. I I don't think the offensive-defensive mind thing has really much to do with any of the firings. Like, I don't think that's what drove any of these firings and I don't think that any of these teams are necessarily saying, like, we're not doing that again. Uh, I I just think it was kind of I, – I think all of these made sense, really, including Belichick, which seems difficult to say. But a lot of times you just need a little bit of a reset. You've been going down the wrong path for too long, and it's not leading to anywhere. And I think it's it's time to, to take another change. So I, I really like the decisions for all these teams. And there aren't many teams where I'm looking at, like, they need to they need to get rid of their guy. Um, to be honest, I think one, if there's, this is a really outlandish take, but if there's one coach that I think would want a new job, it's Mike Tomlin. Like, I think the, the, the Steelers are kind of doing what the end of the Andy Reid era was, which is just being fine, but not really going anywhere. I, I think that might be a mutually beneficial uh, path to go down. I would not be shocked if there's a shakeup there at the end of the year either. Some news uh, developed since we started recording the podcast. Gerard Mayo is in line to be a strong candidate for the Patriots. Uh, Not surprised. Yeah. Coach. Not surprised. He's he's one of their big assistants right now, no? Yep. He played there. Yeah. He's a Belichick guy. Not surprised in the slightest. Like, I thought immediately Vrabel to New England made a ton of sense that he played there. He's, you know, I thought that that was a deal that, that, that could work. But we'll see, man. I mean, I don't know which way New England's looking to go. Or any of these teams, for that matter. Um, the coaching carousel is always a little thing, fun. The thing I do want to ask is that obviously their age is a concern, but is there a team that maybe has a coach you don't expect to walk out the door that would say, "Hey, we could hire Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll right now"? Like maybe it's time to change our direction because I don't think, especially in the case of Belichick, I don't necessarily think it's a guarantee that he's going somewhere that has an opening at the moment. I'll, I think, I'll give I think you he that carries scenario. enough for Steve. I'll give you that scenario and I'll raise you one because I think this one's even more likely. Is there same scenario but with Jim Harbaugh? If he decides, yeah, hey, I'm leaving absolutely. Michigan, would Chicago fire Eberflus? Would they just be like, oh shit, we can get Jim Harbaugh? Like, it was in a heartbeat. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like you, I get Pete Carroll, but they made Pete Carroll like an advisor on Seattle. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's just going to be like a front office worker. And then, like, I don't know, Belichick is in his 70s. But Jim Harbaugh, I mean, who knows? It, would, it wouldn't surprise me if a team like Chicago was like, yeah, we're moving off. Or maybe, hell, even New Orleans was like, you know what, Dennis Allen? Yeah, we were gonna the keep other you. team, yep. We were going to keep you, but uh, this guy became available, so goodbye. You know, it wouldn't surprise me yeah. in, in, in those instances. No, I completely agree. I'm man, maybe a crazy outlandish thing, but I'm telling you, if I'm a Bengals fan right now, I would kill to get Bill Belichick. Now, Zach Taylor hasn't done a poor job, but I mean, look, 
Bill Belichick, he's, he's got these. He is the greatest coach of all time. And look, the, the, the things that he oversaw, if you're not hiring him as a GM, his defense is still fantastic. The Patriots were still a fantastic defense. They lost some of their big contributors and still were a solid defensive team. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think there's a lot of opportunities to, I mean, really shake things up for some of these teams to upgrade at coach, at head coach, even if the position is still uh, still has a butt in the seat. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, none of the vacancies have been filled as of the recording of this. Um and, I mean, that's talking about three of which, uh, Raiders, Panthers, and Chargers, have been open before the season ended. So those teams you know already had, um, those teams were already looking. Those teams were already discussing it internally. So I would expect deals to get done there before anywhere. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting and cycle. Um, I to, to all these teams, hey, you should consider Matt Nagy. He helped, he helped the Chiefs <laughs> draft Patrick Mahomes. Hey, uh, he, he helped him. <laughs> He helped him cheat on the cheat on the the play sheets what's before our, he had the meeting. Uh, what's our I, wide receiver coach's name? Oh, Connor uh, yeah. Berger. Hey, hey, he's available. He's available. He's yeah. a, if anybody wants him, he's available. Just just putting it out there. He can be yours at a, whatever you want. You know, you can Connor we'll, Emmerby. M- yeah. yeah. You have permission he's, to interview. Him. You have my personal permission to interview him if you'd like to for your head coaching yeah. vacancy. You absolutely do. <laughs> You yeah, absolutely be, do. That'd be interesting. I'm no interested. Steve Spagnolo though. No, no, no Spags is ours. Honestly, Spags man, is ours. I think he he might have earned a, another shot at head coaching. By the way, he Oof. has done a fantastic job this year. Maybe it's it's up there. I mean, I know he kind of bombed his first one, but yeah, he's had a he's had a. If Dennis Allen can get a second chance, I mean, Steve Spagnolo. That's what I'm saying. Get... I mean, the the bar isn't necessarily that low, um, but. Please know that he sucks. He's been terrible. He's bad at his job. Totally doesn't show up in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, you, you should not hire him as your head coach. <laughs> yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see if the Raiders stick with Pierce or if they go with a new guy. Uh, see, he's really the only interim I could see keeping his job. The Chargers and Panthers guys don't really have a shot. Um, I think I don't think he does though. I think Mark Davis that doesn't get Mark Davis on his feet. He, I think he I, I likes saw though, to hire. I saw though that the Titans requested to interview Antonio Pierce, which was an interesting, yeah. interesting little tidbit there. Um, so we'll see. Well, we Mark it feels like all of Mark Davis's hires have been based on Wikipedia. Like, oh, Josh Daniels, he won a Super Bowl. Let's hire him. The Mark John Gruden. Sire him. Did you I mean, see I... the Saints are discussing bringing in John Gruden to be a part of the coaching staff with Derek Carr? That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. That's insane. I couldn't believe I read that. It's not official or anything, but it, that was so funny. Uh, but yeah, that's really all we have uh, content-wise, so we'll just go ahead and wrap it up with D4 to the week here before we head out. John, who's your D4 to the week? Man, well, give me a sec. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't compiled. I can. I'll give Josh, you. Josh, who's your D four of the week? It's motherfucking nature. It's gonna feel like negative forty here Sunday morning in Maryville. <laughs> so screw that. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. They're gonna be the cold. Piece. One of the coldest games in NFL history. Yeah, it and is. The National Weather Weather Service said it's gonna be quote unquote dangerously cold. Uh, man, I'm struggling to find a D Ford. Not gonna lie. It's been I know. That, I feel like it's been I feel that like this past week has 
I was going to say this past week has been kind of like a looking back, don't be happy that it's over, be happy it happened kind of week. Um, John, if you don't oh, have God. one. Oh, yep. God. Do you have one, John? I don't. Go ahead, Jackson. Okay. Well. Oh, yeah. I have one. Okay. I don't well, know if we talked about this yet, but it's the refs at Allen Fieldhouse. Holy shit. That was this week, right? I still haven't watched that call. That call the yet. TCU oh one? my God. Oh, my God. I swear to God, I hate them so much. I can't stand it. It's it's like a never-ending nightmare. It's like, uh, it just sucks. It just sucks. I don't have an analogy for it. It blew my mind. I've never seen a more of a bullshit call. It's like, it's to, to the point of like me thinking it's rigged. Like, I'm not quite sure. I always lean on the sides of refs are just incompetent and like I'm largely staying there. But oh my God, it seemed rigged. It was so bad. It was so bad. And the fact that they went to the monitor and that's how the call ended up happening. It's not even like it was like an, oh, he messed it up in the moment. They they looked at it 20 times and decided that that, which wasn't even a common foul, was a flagrant foul. Unbelievable to me. Just unbelievable. Yeah, no, that, that dude that got ejected for TCU, it is bullshit. Like, it's like, yeah, it's impossible to win at Allen Fieldhouse. No shit it is. Like, because these refs, every time anyone ever plays there, it's it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous, man. And look, I'm kind of I'm kind of clocked out of college basketball right now just because Mizzou's really been yeah. painful to watch. And this Gates has kind of, like, a lot on his plate next year. He better do good. Like, yeah, I mean, man. this is a gap year. We've all admitted it. They just don't yes. have the talent. Oh, we got to be good. You lost no. – <laughs> You lost an NBA Damn. player and you lost a G League player, and I mean for Mizzou that's quite, it's quite substantial. And you really and you only brought in you only you didn't have time to recruit, and the guy before got one freshman that you managed to keep, and oh, he's bad. He is a complete, just coward, just a coward, scared to shoot. It's it's mind blowing. I I think I don't think we can judge Dennis. I think he's got to have two seasons after this, because. I mean, the base that he's working with is just awful. I agree. It's, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I just don't like how we're already looking into the next year. It's, it's right. a little frustrating. Well, let me get my no, D4 of the week off so we can, we can wrap yeah, today's yeah, episode yeah, yeah. up. Uh, my D4 of the week is conspiracy theorists, specifically the ones who believe in the Miami alien bullshit. I don't know if you guys have seen this, um, huh? but there are – John, have you seen this? I have not. Okay, so basically on, I think it was New Year's Eve or like around that time, there was a shit ton of cop cars called to a, a mall, oh, like a yes. shopping mall. I've seen the video. And reportedly it was like teenagers were fighting and maybe somebody reported a gunshot. So there's like probably 60 or 70 cop cars that pull up. It's like an excessive amount. And somehow this theory that there was an 8 to 10 foot tall creature inside that was an alien spread like fucking wildfire. And it's like... I thought it was a joke at first. I thought it was funny. I thought it was kind of like that birds aren't real, like fake conspiracy shit. This is real. People genuinely believe this. Like deep down, actually believe this. I've watched way too many TikToks of people who genuinely believe the government is hiding 8 to 10 foot tall aliens in Miami from us. So if anybody that believes that shit or spews that shit that's actually being serious is my D4 of the week. Because that is mind-numbingly dumb. In the year 2024, nobody in a shopping mall got a video or picture of it, but but it, but it was there. My ass. Oh, All right, we'll leave you on that. It's going to be a long year. It's going to be a long year. But we'll leave it at that. Appreciate everyone for listening. See you next week.